0: Welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend South Stand Chum. Here he is the bearded legend, Mr. Paul Levy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you, Kent. Thank you, Steve. Very kind of you. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 111, and we've got two games to talk about. One I wish we didn't have to go over again, as well as a round-up of what's been going on around the club over the past seven days since episode one one zero. So, let's start, as always, with our friends over at the Supporters
0: Club. Yep, so Supporters Club update for you. Bookings are being taken for coaches to Woking and to Maidenhead. So, Woking is on Saturday the 19th of August. Coaches depart from Brisbane Road at 11am for a 3pm kickoff. Prices are £21 for adults and £18 for concessions. In Maidenhead, bank holiday Monday, the 28th of August. Again, coaches depart from Brisbane Road at 11am, a 3 o'clock kickoff. Again, prices are £21 for adults and £18 for concessions. There is a £3 surcharge to non-members, so you can book in the Supporters Club at Home Games or by calling the travel line on 07722 135 970 and remember to make your own arrangements for match tickets as the price only covers your coach fare. It does indeed. Um, the supporters club are also hosting
1: a QA with Nigel, Travis, and Kent Teague on Wednesday, the 13th of September. So that's a date for your diaries. This is a ticket only event, and priority will go obviously to supporters club members who can pick up free tickets before the Eastleigh match
0: on Saturday the 26th of August. Yes, that is correct. Thank you for that Mr. Levy. So, our last podcast was last Wednesday, so just a week to cover, so the week that was. So, while we were recording episode 110 last Wednesday, under 18s played Ashford FC who tweeted By saying, great result tonight, our (laughs) under-21s beat Leyton Orient FC Academy 2-0 at Homelands tonight, and the goals from Gus, who was a trialist, and Harry Lacey, hashtag Ashford, which was a fair enough tweet. Yeah. However, uh, at LFC Recruitment came back and replied, I thought your under-21s played well against our 15 to 17-year-olds. Good luck for the season, and thank you for your hospitality. Love the comeback. Absolutely love the comeback.
1: Great banter. So whoever was in charge of the LOFC recruitment uh, Twitter account that night, kudos to you. Uh, Thursday the 10th of August, so last Thursday, the club announced phenomenally that uh, season ticket sales have now surpassed the 3,800 mark. This is absolutely incredible. I uh, you know, I would say I feel sorry for those that have to process the season tickets and produce all the booklets, but actually I'm not, because it's fantastic
0: and I mean that in the nicest possible way, obviously. Yeah. And Cryptic Kent has said when the club reaches four thousand, he tweeted this uh, last week, they'll yeah. do some giveaways and some maybe, prizes. Well maybe. Maybe he will, maybe he might not. Keep an eye on Cryptic Kent's he's, Twitter. He's and been Facebook out to play feed. again. So Mooney Friday, the 11th of August, obviously every Friday now is Mooney Friday. So happy Mooney Friday, everyone, and a very happy birthday to friend of the podcast and LOFC Community Liaison Officer, Howard Gould. So Mm -hmm. Howard, you're a legend. We hope you had a great day and keep up the great work you do at the Leighton Orient Trust. Here,
1: here. Ahead of the Maidstone match, Steve Davis told George Sessions, I hope we can make it back-to-back wins. Obviously, you want to try and build some momentum after Tuesday. It's no good beating Solihull and then not following it up with something on Saturday. So we'll be doing our best to get three points. And as I've said before, I think we'll get better as the season goes on. So if we can get a good start, it will be a bonus.
0: Yeah, brilliant. I like that. I like what Steve has to say. Uh, And later in the day, club uh put on their website following feedback from supporters and from fans of teams due to visit they club announced the reintroduction of a five pound junior match day ticket in the east stand so under 18s again will be able to buy a home league match ticket for just five pound and can purchase these online or through really the cash turns though on the day uh, and importantly this also applies to away fans as well so because you can't have two separate pricings for the same stand yeah, so they bought basically bought yeah. the junior prices down, so well played or get more youngsters through the doors. And that's what it's all about, really.
1: Yeah. yeah, on Saturday the 12th of August, we wish a very happy 30th birthday to a certain Dean Cox. Dean O. And also a happy birthday
0: to groundsman Colin James. Yep, hope you all had great days. And in yeah. the morning, the under-18s lost 1-0 away to Luton in what looked like a very close match with very little between the two sides um, and we were lucky to lose that one. The Luton keeper pulled off some fantastic saves uh, from what we heard. However, the under-16s beat Luton's under-16s 3-1. So good to see there. Uh, and Luton have got a great uh, under-18 set-up. Gave us some problems last year, if I remember rightly. So nothing to be ashamed of in that defeat. No,
1: absolutely not. Um, so moving on then to 3pm on Saturday afternoon-ish. Uh, we have Maidstone at home. Team lined up with Granger in goal, Caprice, Coulson, Elakobi, and Widdesson. With Dayton, Lawless, Lee, and Macanuff uh, in the midfield. With Mooney and Bond up top. Subs were Sargent, Bocco, Clark, Roma, and Clay. Just the five as per National League rules. Yep. An unchanged eleven, and subs bench for the third game running. Yep. So for me,
0: no surprises there. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix
1: it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we need a settled side. Uh, and by playing the same team week in, week out, they will gel much quicker. And I think it's almost, if you look at back historically, those teams that have done better
0: have used the least amount of players. Yeah, I would agree with that. So good points there. So at 2.45, Nigel and Kent came out uh, on the director's gallery and we were given a standing ovation. That was great to hear. Uh, we were actually very close to them as we were in the gallery. We'll come to that a bit more after the match. It was an amazing experience uh, and it was very touching watching all the fans applaud the gallery where we were standing uh, a bit surreal and a bit bizarre actually but a great experience uh, at the end at 250 staff including Ada Martin Lindsay Martin Howard Gould Michael Asamoah Lucy Gammons and Charlie Long uh, walked out onto the pitch for a standing ovation uh, and another touching and emotional moment on the Brisbane yeah. Road pitch that was again fantastic to see and they all clapped with all the directors um, in the gallery and everyone in the stadium
1: What made it more special was because the fact that the guys that walked out there are, uh, they're not the unsung heroes, but they don't like the attention. They just go about their job. They do their job because they love the club and they're proud and professional people. And it was genuinely touching to see all, all of those people go out there all the uh, nonsense they've been through and to be able to stand there proud uh, you know, of the club that they, they work for and proud to work for the people that they work for and support the people that, that come and pay their money and, and, and watch the football. So speaking yeah. of that, let's let's talk football. Uh, match kicked off, we were kicking towards the North Stand and you'd notice and you pointed out to me I think that
0: we're now warming up in at the, the south, south Stand, ra- the South End <laughs> rather than the North End. Yes and in the home, the first two home games anyway we've kicked towards the North Stand first First half half. which is slightly different from last year so again we were in the director's seats um, and Kevin House next to us uh, along with Energy Bear which that was surreal and obviously having Nigel and Kent a few seats down uh, and Marshall to our left was even more surreal so an amazing experience so not much go action really in the first 15 minutes to talk about we looked okay an experienced team we passed the ball nicely around looking for openings Maidstone sat set back made it difficult for us as you would expect them to but I also like the fact that we
1: were patient with our build-up. We went back and round and came across, and we kept the ball, which is, I think, something Steve had mentioned um, in his post, in his Solihull uh, comments as well. That you know, keep the ball, be patient, build up, move the ball quickly. It's fine to go back, yeah, but then sort of move it forwards and move it quickly, move it with purpose. But don't just sort of lump it forward uh, for it to amount to nothing. So it was good to see that being put into into play. Yeah, and I think
0: at this level with the experience. We have and the that's players said, we have, yeah. we're comfortable
1: to do that. Yeah, um, so that's what we said. There was a couple of instances where I think Kevin Howes actually mentioned it. He said less experienced players would have just lumped that forward. Absolutely, whereas we've, we've played yeah. it out. Good point. was a good point. Yeah,
0: 18th minute, across cross was played in from Maidstone. Uh, ironically, Piggott went to kind of control it, miscontrolled it, but done him a favour as he ended up with more time in the box following his miscontrol. He got a decent shot away and I thought Granger made an outstanding save uh, with his legs yeah. as the ball um, came out to right who volleyed over and I thought Granger kept this in it at that point. He did. Really good save. Well done uh, young man, well done young Brave, child. made himself
1: big, didn't go down. Yeah, really good. In the twenty fourth minute, then uh, Joe Wooderson gets booked for a foul on Sam York. Yeah, uh, that's a hyphenated surname. So following a good spell for Maidstone, here as we started to look, a, started to look a bit flat and unthreatening, We run out of a bit of puff. We did a bit.
0: We did a bit at this point. In 26th minute, uh, Macanaf turned past Mooney. Uh, Data made a good run. Mooney tried to play a slick little ball through. Uh, did get it through, but a bit too much pace on the ball, uh, and the ball ran through to the keeper. Which is a bit like the story of the first half so far. A few. Misplaced passes for the final ball. We're just yeah. lacking that, that final touch to get us in. Yeah, more
1: passing than pressing without creating too much. Uh Maidstone happy to obviously defend it at this stage of the game and then in the forty-third minute. David Mooney flicks on a long ball to Joby McInnoff. He cut inside, drives forward, has a decent shot saved by the keeper.
0: Yeah, and at one minute of injury time was played and half time whistle went at nil nil. So it's a tight <laughs> the first half without creating too much. Lucky not to be behind I thought thanks to that save from Granger. We looked comfortable in possession. But not that threatening going forward. Mooney was having to drop very deep to get involved with the play, which meant McCauley was a bit isolated. Yeah, up front on his own. Um, And Maidstone looked decent, I would say, in defence. They looked like they knew what they were doing and were cutting everything out pretty, pretty straightforwardly.
1: Moons was doing that a lot in pre-season, and it's something I commented to to Steve Davis on, and he said, "Yeah, we need to sort of get Mooney to stop coming back so deep and, and trying to stop that." But I don't think you're ever going to stop Mooney doing that. That's just. It's just moves his Mooney, yeah. yeah. Especially if you're not getting enough of the ball up top. Absolutely. And I think he wants to try and help out in defence yeah. and be an option, which is which is fine. The attendance was announced at 5,085 with just 595 from Maidstone. I know you've you sort of read rip, fair play, but it's only Kent. Yeah. And I thought they would have bought a few more. Maybe that's a decent crowd for them. Maybe my expectations are... I was going to say, are...
0: don't forget, mate, this is National League. Maidstone aren't a full-time club. I think they're three nights a week. Um... I thought they'd done they done alright with that number, supported their team well, um, and it was the highest conference <coughs> attendance of the weekend. Yeah. That which we'll come, come on to later. Yeah. 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 So second half kicked off, no changes for the O's, better start, second half, better tempo from the first whistle. You could see uh, a bit more urgency, I would say. Not for the first time, pretty much yeah. similar to the Solihull second half where we came out we and seem, really went for it.
1: We seem to start quite brightly for the first sort of 10, 15 of each half, interestingly. Um, I don't know what's said at half time or, or what, what the sort of pre match chat from, uh, from Steve is, but um, yeah, it, we, didn't, we didn't have to wait too long, fortunately. Um, and we've got a bit of an ode to David Mooney from Young James. Yep. There's
0: only one, David Mooney. One, David Mooney. Used to be big,
1: now it's alright. Walked in Mooney Wonderland.
0: So that, that was young listeners, James Houghton's ode to David Mooney. He's only five, so he can't swear, which is why he used to be beep. Yeah. So Mooney strikes in the 60th minute. They get used to this. David Mooney scoring uh, and gave us a lead. So in the build-up, Caprice and Dayton done very well on the right. Nice passing between the two. Dayton got some time uh, to put his cross in, put in a great cross. Mooney, great header, 1-0. I like James Dayton he's exciting I like both of them Caprice and Dayton going forward look like they've got the very early makings of a decent partnership uh, yeah agree. on the right hand side Q euphoria um, the whole stadium was singing. there's only one David Mooney which was great to see uh, and interestingly at the time we scored Karoma was about to come on uh, was stripped off ready once the goal had been scored he was told <laughs> to sit back down so great to see Mooney on the score sheet again yeah Great to see two in road, two, two games. And generally, once we get the first goal, as it's the same against Jolly Hall, we look very comfortable once we're one up. Seems yeah. to have to come to us more, so they get exposed in their back line, or we just look comfortable passing it around um, with the experience we have, like we said before.
1: Yep. And the 76th minute, we're going to fast forward 15 16 more minutes. Dayton and Caprice combination are at it again. Caprice crosses in, Bond pokes it wide, which was a bit unlucky yeah. for him. He'd been trying a lot, and he'd been trying to get on the end of everything. and you know, not saying he's trying too hard, but I think maybe he's just so desperate to score that it's potentially impacting his sense of timing yes, or yeah. his sense Agreed. of positional. He's just he's just desperate to do well, and that's not a criticism. It's it's purely an observation. But yeah, he's, um, he's been
0: running his socks off, hasn't he? He, he has, has worked, worked so, so hard. Effort. He works so hard. So 79th minute, double sub as Josh Caroma and Craig Clay came off for Joby McInniff and David Mooney. So no surprises there with nah. Tuesday in mind, and obviously them playing. Three games in the space of seven days. No surprises there.
1: Yep. Then a minute later, Josh Karoma ran at his man and drove forward before shooting. Why do I like that? He went direct. And I that's what you get from Karoma. He's put
0: some muscle on Karoma.
1: You think he's bulked up, don't you? I think he's bulked up Massive asking yeah him next time we see him. Yeah.
0: And in 86 minute, Ramad Boko came on for James Dayton. Uh, i got to say, impressed with Dayton. Again, like you've said, I really like the makings uh, of James Dayton. thought he'd done very well. And good to see options off the bench, i.e. bringing Boko on. So towards the end of the match around this point, ground became a bit nervy, as Maidstone started to sniff an equalising goal, I thought, at this point. We were sitting back a bit. You could tell we were a bit nervous in defence. 87th minute, uh, across from Hare, was put into the box. Ella Kobe sliced at it, and the whole ground gasped as he yeah. sliced at it, and it just missed their man at the far post, Sam hyphen York. And then for me, the key moment in this match, 89th minute, Maidstone had a goal, Disallowed with one minute left. So Piggott got time in the box, um, in a busy box, to turn and get his shot away. Granger, I thought, made a superb save. The ball rolled to Sam York, who poked it in. And I was sitting there with my head in my hands, just going, I can't believe they've done it. Started to hear some cheers. Looked up and saw a linesman's flag up and thought, phew, it's going to be alright. right. Yeah, do you know what?
1: In real time, to us, where we were... That looked onside. Absolutely. But I, sent, I took a steal off yep. the Ozone and sent that to you, and the man is literally a yard offside. Brilliant call there from the linesman to Ab- get there. Absolutely outstanding. And then, just a moment later, we're going to play this song.
0: So it was that man who came on in the 86th minute going loco for a remote Boko Loco. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Who's clinched the game to make it 2-0 in the 92nd minute? Charlie Lill. Charlie Lill. Charlie Lee won the ball in the middle of the pitch. Done very well, drove it forward, put in an inch-perfect pass, uh, to Boko took one touch, made no mistake with a composed finish past the keeper. Great goal there. Made it 2-0 to the relief of the crowd. We could see Kent right next to us come and give Nigel. Um, a bear hug, a visible relief on everyone uh, along the stadium. Yeah, uh, and Great to see, shortly after, five minutes of injury time were played and completed. Final uh, whistle went and we'd won the match 2-0 and kept our first clean sheet of the season. We did indeed. Steve Davies said post-match, I'm just happy to win.
1: Whether it comes at home or away, it doesn't matter. We just want to try and win every game. won't always happen, but we'll set out to win away as much as we win at home. It's about getting as many points as possible to settle people down and build more confidence and get the crowd behind you and we have been able
0: to do that in the last few. So that meant the league table uh, even though it's only after three games and we'll give it a very quick once over. uh, We were fourth uh, so six points from the opening nine games more on the table later in the episode.
1: Yeah, then we spotted a tweet from at non-league crowd who said the top non-league crowds for the 12th were Leighton Orient first with 5,085. Tranmere Rovers second at 5,050. Then it drops down to 3,107 for Stockport County. 2,082 for Chester FC. And then even lower than that, you go 1,946 for FC United of Manchester. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Boreham Wood had 350 people wow. in their ground.
0: unbelievable. So considerable, um, us and Tranmere, considerable attendance is higher than the rest of the division by far. So your views... Uh, on Saturday
1: yeah uh, one of the best days of football I think I've ever had I always, one, I one, one, agree. Off, one I of the agree. best days the result on the pitch topped it off although it probably scoreline was a bit harsh on Maidstone because I thought they came and equipped themselves they quite did. well they did they done very well yeah everyone played their part really well we didn't overcommit when we went forward and everyone was covering each other and supporting each other defensively also impressed that we didn't hoof the ball out of defence as I mentioned earlier with experienced players we patiently kept the ball and we simply passed the ball around Heart-in-the-mouth moment for me was when Ella Kobe sliced the clearance across the face of goal, but fortunately and thankfully Maidstone couldn't capitalise. I'm sure George will say, well, actually that took the ball out of the player's path. But
0: I'd rather um, he just put his laces through it and connected it with it. Just got it out,
1: yeah. yeah. Also, like what Steve Davies had to say, he does talk a lot of sense and some credit to Maidstone. They, they tried to play their game and make life difficult for us, but... You know, we we had, we we had a couple of good chances
0: and took them. Yeah, your thoughts? Fantastic day and a hard-fought win over a decent and organised Maidstone team. So again, they were better than what I thought they would be. Rode their luck at times and battle to victory. Just about deserved, I think. Uh, well done to Granger. He's coming for some criticism. uh yeah, since yeah, the start of the made... season, he made two vital saves uh, in that game. I thought the defence played well. Kept it tight at the back. I thought in the midfield, whilst not creating much, at times especially in the middle with Leon and so they did look very compact and very solid and I guess that's what they give you uh, and happy to pass the ball around Bon like we've said runs his heart out still searching for that goal but once that goal comes I think he'll be flying Mooney you know my feelings on Mooney super Mooney great team score again and lovely for the stadium to kind of show their appreciation for him and good to see Bocco get, uh, get a goal delighted for him he's such a nice guy yeah, it deserves it. Yeah, good, good to see. And again, agree. once we score, you see, you can see the celebrations throughout the whole team. Everyone running to celebrate, and you, you can see there's a decent team spirit starting to be built. There, really nice to see back to the days of Slade. Oh, wow. Yeah, you really. Um, yeah,
1: it's absolutely vital. Actually, it's a really vital comment to make. Um, is that the, the team camaraderie that you know that when you step out over that white line that everyone's fighting for each other and supporting each other we're happy when we win and we're sad when we lose together And but, but I think that's
0: an extremely vital and point and you can see there's some big characters in there uh, and good characters to have in the team Charlie Lee Ella Kobe mm-hmm. Mooney mm-hmm. McEnough, Yeah. good experienced players who know, who know what they should be doing so yeah. great to see and on a personal note a massive thank you to Energy Bet for hosting us for the day we had a a great day, really, from having lunch with Martin Ling to meeting Nigel and his family. I think we tweeted about it earlier in the week, but Nigel Travis was wearing his Orient Outlook podcast badge all day. So in every photo I've seen of Nigel Travis from Saturday, he's wearing his Orient Outlook badge, which is fantastic. His kids were wearing it. I think Marshall had a badge. Kent had a badge on at points. Fantastic. Uh, great to meet other people. You know, First time I met Marshall, great to meet uh, Lucy, great to meet Kevin Howes. Yeah, we've never met before. As well as catching up with Charlie, uh, George, Errol, and to catch up with listeners Kevin Cowell and Clive Boone. Just a fantastic day. I can't recommend it hardly enough. If you do get a chance to go in the gallery for any games... Get yourself in there. It's a great experience. Yeah,
1: 100% agree with you on that one. So those were our views. Your views now. We've got, we had an awful lot and we are, as as we always say, genuinely appreciative. We can't read out every single one. Um, but here's a selection of some. At Ron Sampson 15 said, good win,
0: we need to win ugly occasionally. Grind a win, good to see. Yeah, it's what we weren't doing last year. At Boat Seats, is a great result today. Back-to-back home wins. When was the last time we had that? Bring on Bromley. On the 3G, and the last time we had that, according to David Victor, was in April 2016, Mister Ben.
1: Yep. At Tolu underscore Sango said Corson and Elakobi
0: have got to be our best centre backs since Clark and Baldry. Yeah. At Paul underscore uh, But H not says important win. The team showed they can grind out wins against tricky opposition. They showed still today. At John Macker 1977 said, A very
1: controlled, patient performance. Didn't get frustrated and kept plugging away. A perfect example of how to be a team that sits and soaks up the pressure. Quality shone through in the end. Mooney and Lee instrumental, instrumental. Widderson, solid and in Granger, we have a keeper that commands his box. Can't wait for Tuesday. Yeah, I agree with that. Nice one, John.
0: Yeah. Uh, at Gorillas 1985, says, We still looked a bit shaky at times in defence. I'm a bit worried for Bond as he hasn't scored again. Good bench ended the game for us though. And two wins from two home games.
1: At Alpha 2 underscore O underscore Mega said it wasn't easy today. Maidstone played well, but the win will give the team great confidence. Moons and Bocco took their chances excellently and a fantastic performance by Granger and critics should definitely lay off Mackenough, who played well again
0: today. Yep, yeah, at LOFC nineteen seventy one. Just two wins in three games is always good. Still not sure about the left side. and why we need to play a bit quicker and use our width more at David Magic said
1: thought we defended really well Elokobi and Coulson a really good pair scored two really good goals too
0: yep at Stassi Stassi says we got away with it today one mm. shot in the first half wasn't too good Dayton was my style man until Mooney scored Karoma and Bocco mm. provided a much needed threat and Karoma off the bench I think said this in the last podcast very impactful. good player to yeah. bring on with 10-15 minutes left against a tiring
1: defence 100% yeah at mid table of school said going loco all for Romo Bocco the magic down here is so strong. That's brilliant. Very good. Maybe a little bit lucky, but we'll take it.
0: Yes, at Allen mcla Once is says, when ugly, doesn't matter. We have an agenda to get out of this league.
1: At England 2010, good performance, but Bond needs to be more clinical. Leon Lawler solid in the centre. Coulson was great, and so was Joby. Yeah, at Mark
0: Sheppard underscore 79. It's a great win with an average performance. We need more width at times. And Joby looked a bit tired. Bond needs to keep going as his goal will come.
1: Yeah, at Steve LOFC, type of game we need to expect. Felt like a first-round cup tie from previous days.
0: Always felt comfortable once 1-0 up. Ground it out just about. That's a great tweet, actually. Felt yeah. like a cup game almost. At I Heart Rushmore says a good win. Lawless was absolutely class and Woodiston looked more composed. Need Bond to get a goal, and then they will flow. And the final word
1: this week goes to, on this, goes to at Vince Howard, who said, took, sorry, at Vince Howard 73, who said, took our goals well, rode our luck a little today, but blimey, it's been a while since we won two on the trot. Yep,
0: so thank you for all your tweets following the Maidstone game. As Paul has said, we read out what we can, um, but obviously two matches, a lot more tweets uh, to come. To a lot more controversial tweets to come, I would say, right now. So Prediction wow. League... Prediction league goes from strength to strength again, over a hundred predictions. So thanks to everyone who is predicting uh the scores before the match. So this time well done to at football CJW, to at Stew, to at Smith Jack7, to at Tommy Leaf, at Lawton Gamps, at Jack underscore gibbo 7 at Grain 075, at Ian Manny, Renee John, at Brooks Go 2, at Orient Buccaneer, at Allen MCLA one at Floodgates, and at Willie Prince. Who all predicted 2 0 to the Orient and get three points in their prediction league. But a huge well done to at Bill Fleet Heat at Alex Rose at Tony underscore Antonio at Joe underscore Pave at <laughs> Wingsmad at underscore Nazim underscore M underscore Ten at Dennis Orient at Tim Roberts twenty eight at Peter L Davy at Rob M C C sixty eight at El Cawado at Charlie underscore Cuck. Paul at Les underscore Bristow at Jojo Cam eight and finally at underscore underscore Neil Patel who all predicted two 0 and a correct goal scorer so you get four points in our prediction league full table roundup will be announced at the oh. end of the episode.
1: It's going to be like a podcast in itself on just who's done the who won, who's won the Prediction League that week.
0: The Prediction League is great, but it has taken a long time to go through all the tweets after match. Yeah, to so can you stop guessing it correctly, please? <laughs> um,
1: Sunday the 13th of August then, so Sunday just gone as we record today, Wednesday. George Elakobi made the non-league papers team of the week, so well done to
0: George. Yeah, it was my sixth wedding anniversary, but what Sarah was. doesn't listen, so happy anniversary, Sarah, even <laughs> though you'll never listen to the podcast. <laughs> uh, the winners' teams preseason preparation continued with a 4-0 victory over White Whiteleaf LFC, with goals coming from Jazz, uh, who was there last season, and new signings, Saka, who scored a double, uh, so maybe one to watch out for, and for Natalie, so well done to the ladies. Their season kicks off this coming Sunday away to Cambridge, ladies. So if you can get to Cambridge, get yourself down there as we've just been promoted uh, in the ladies' team. Uh, So it's going to be a big season for the ladies. So we'll obviously speak to the ladies uh, a bit later on in the season to see how they're doing. But if you're around on Sunday, get yourself down to Cambridge.
1: So uh, moving on then, Monday the 14th of August, Nigel Travis uh, mentioned or spoke to the official Leighton Orient website. Um, And basically to uh, sort of summarise it, I'm not going to read the whole uh, sort of uh, interview that he did, but it was essentially to highlight... Um, the fact that um, the videoing uh, functionality or the video uh, that, that they put out um, isn't necessarily what we want to be as an, uh, end, uh, an, an product. end product, um, but the intention is to have a world-class video booth for coaches and for fans on a global basis through the short term. So effectively what he's saying is is that there are still some legal uh, parameters uh, around Uh, having uh, the match televised, I believe, on an international scale, and they're looking at having uh, international streaming available in the not-too-distant future. And he finally finishes off by saying, I ask all our fans to bear with us while we work through some complications, which are technologically complex, but eventually uh, we feel we will have a great solution for the future. So just bear with, uh, and if you live abroad, it's quite likely that you might not have to... uh, uh, miss out on seeing the yeah. matches live, so amazing. that would be absolutely amazing, and that I think is going to come through Nigel's son, uh, David, who's in that industry. So that would be amazing. Yep. Yeah.
0: Any progress with that? We will obviously keep you posted via yes, podcast. So Tuesday, the fifteenth of August. So the date marked the hundred and first anniversary of the passing of George Scott, mm. uh, and obviously we will remember them. Yep.
1: Yeah. Happy sixtieth birthday. To friend of this podcast, I think in fact everybody's yeah. friend and in some cases lifesaver, uh, the one and only Errol McKellar. He had a special surprise party planned at home, so hope you enjoyed that mate and uh, yeah, thank you for everything you've done.
0: Yeah and Errol will be on the pod at some point later. We will, absolutely. Season. Moving yeah. on to Bromley away, so the team was announced. So in goal, Granger, back four Caprice, Alicobi, Colson and Widowson in midfield, lawlessly, Coroma and Bocco. With Mooney and Bond up front, so subs, Sam Sargent, Clark, Clay, Dayton, and McEnough. So there are two changes from the Maidstone lineup as Josh Karoma and Ronald Boko came in for Joby McEnough and James Dayton. Still no Tristan Abrahams included, who had played uh, for Norwich the under 23s at the previous evening. So at least <laughs> Tristan is playing and getting experience with the under 23s yeah. at Norwich. So that's good to see. For me, I thought Karoma and Boko might come in uh, after Steve Davis's post match comments on Saturday. Other than that, no surprises. Yeah, um,
1: I agree with that. I thought Clay might have got in too. And I think, just to go back to the Abraham thing, it obviously explains why he wasn't in the first team Absolutely. squad on Saturday. Yes, so yeah. you win. I did. I didn't.
0: So the match kicked off with just over a 1,000 Orient fans having made the journey to mm. watch the I mean, that's a fantastic, fantastic uh, away attendance. So well done to everyone who was there. Um, so the match kicked off. Open in ten minutes for you. Yeah,
1: really quite buzzy actually. Yeah. Everyone was sort of full of uh, expectation. Uh, obviously, when you've got a thousand, a thousand away traveling, I don't think their crowds go much above a thousand generally, and they had over th- as three thousand we'll three, yeah. 3 hundred people in there. So it was like a you know a real sort of big match for them. Uh, really well attended. Um, great to see the away side packed out. Yeah, it really was. Really good. the Pictures um, look
0: good. Let's get a bit of um, a bit of publicity on Twitter quite a few like, away day found accounts, taking pictures I of getting one of pictures yeah. and, and, and going for it. And it looked really good. But in the 11th minute, um, the first kind of signs of a, a bad evening beginning as Bromley took the lead. And who else would it of be? Of all people. Who else would it be? Of all people. As George Porter headed in. To be fair to George Porter, that was, was a good header, wasn't it? Good header. I think you can't really blame Granger for that. You can argue saying the defense might have been able to get a bit closer yeah. to the cross from coming in or a bit closer to George. But, a good header and we were 1-0 down.
1: I think he must have matured a bit because he really didn't celebrate that goal. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think Ben Chorley
0: did either. To be fair, George Porter, I mean, obviously, most fans obviously aren't, aren't fond of him but when we were doing the stuff with the regeneration fund, he did come to us and he, said, and he did say because he played with Kieran and Trippier. At Burns. And right. he did say he was going to try and get us a signed Spurs shirt. That never came to fruition, but he got in contact with us out of nothing. You're right. Which was nice right. to see. So fair play um to George for that. But George, well, don't score it. against Orient again. What are you thinking,
1: mate? Uh, in the seventeenth minute, Granger made a great save uh, from Dennis's shot following a short head up from Ella Kobe.
0: Yeah, eighteenth minute. I think you've put poor corner routine. So Bocco give the ball to Mooney. Oh, who was in offside, and it's a bit of a silly one, a bit of a yeah, waste. Yeah,
1: that was absolutely. I mean, Moons was clearly offside, and he shouldn't have got the ball back <laughs> in the first place, mate. Um, Mooney was coming, coming to the ball for, for the corners, where really you want Moons on the goalkeeper almost. You want him in that region yeah, yeah, so that he yeah. can just nick that header like he did on Saturday, on Saturday. But he wasn't. He was coming short for it, and then. He's been Bocco's Then passed it back to him, and he's blatantly offside. It's been a bit I mean, of waste. There, hundred percent waste. Hundred percent so, waste. Twenty
0: seventh minute. Then, so I've only seen the goals. So obviously yeah. you've, you were there. Uh, a bullet header yeah. by Ella Kobe uh, from a corner, and a superb save by another former Orient player. This time, lonely keeper David Gregory. For me, this is the turning point in the match because if this goes in, it's one all. Yeah. And then fair we've got the uh, initiative. Having just scored, the crowd would have obviously got mental. We would have been buzzing. I think that's the turning point in the match. Good save from the keeper there.
1: Outstanding save, yeah, no, absolutely. It was a case of players, ex players playing against you, and unfortunately they were littered. You know, goalkeeper, defender, uh, midfielder, and attacker. You know, the whole spine of that team is is, is ex orient. The 39th minute from bad to worse. Yeah, absolutely. Made it 2 0. Corner from another XO, uh, loney Frankie Sutherland. We had him on loan for a month. From QBP. QPR, and yeah, he did. did his ACL. Yeah, good well uh, remembered. Wasn't defended. And well. no, I read it somewhere, and um, not it wasn't really wasn't defended well enough. And uh, Jack Holland capitalized, I think, with, with a header. Um,
0: yeah, there's a header, a space, of goal. Holland puts his head on it and kind of deflects no it.
1: No one, no one defended it. Absolutely no. One again, I
0: it. must say, Granger, no chance for me. No, again, I mean, no chance. A good header there.
1: I think you will be hard pressed and really, really overly critical to blame Granger for the six goals yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I really I think I haven't any of them. Um, um, and and his general play. Um, then we had a minute of stoppage time, um, and the first half ended with us going in. 2-0 down. Cool. so round up, round up yeah. the first half In As I said to Dave and Matt on BBC London at half-time, uh, we just don't seem to have turned up today. We've lacked urgency. We're not playing our game. Bromley seemed to want it more. I they, were, they were sending two men to close the ball down every time. They were working so hard. That's it's what we should have been that's doing.
0: That's the thing about being a big fish it? in a small pond. So we're going to go to all these little grounds where they normally, like you said, get 1,000, 1,500. We'll come with a 1,000 away fans, 1,500, Big players—they're going to play out of their skin, and we just have to learn how to play against that and how to adjust because Great. we are the big fish. That's what, yeah, that's we what are JB the big fish. Place, yeah. match as well. So our attendance yeah. announced at three hundred. No, fr- sorry, three thousand three hundred and forty-six with just over a thousand away fans at a thousand and thirty-seven. Mm. And two changes at half time as JB McInniff <laughs> and James Dayton came on to replace Josh Caroma and Ronald Boko. So. Was this fair in your eyes? Obviously,
1: they weren't worse than anybody else on the pitch. To be fair, but they're your fair flare players. They're the ones you want dri- driving at the defenders, putting they them try. under pressure, and providing for the strikers. And to be fair, they weren't really. But then they weren't any worse than anybody else. And we were saying at, at half on on the sort of commentary, and Matt Hiscox made the point that if after sixty minutes there's nothing developed, then then you he would, exactly. he would consider making a change. But um, Steve Davis and I saw Joby and. Um, and James Dayton come in early from their half time Yeah. So I didn't realise that that would have any significance, to be honest with you. But um, as, as it turned out, it did. And, and, and as you say, they were replaced, they, the, the change was made immediately. Yeah, um, so the second
0: half started, 47th minute, good header by Coulson, forced their keeper again, Gregory, into another good save. And we got corner. Came to nothing really. Yeah,
1: we started off the second half quite brightly as well.
0: Um, Following on from what we've done in the last couple of games, that seems to be a bit of a pattern. It but does a good pattern. yeah.
1: a good pattern to have, yeah. But in the 52nd minute, Bombi beat his man, drilled in a low shot, which was comfortably saved
0: by, by Gregory. And in the 54th minute, game over, uh, as Bromley made it 3 0. As one of Dia shot from close range, Granger powered the shot, made a good save, ball loops up in the air, Caprice can't quite get his leg up high enough or get his leg round it. Just doesn't Let's clear ball bounce. it. Falls to Josh Rees, three 0 Yeah, he should have done much better, Jake. Game should I have absolutely have done much better. No, no I think no I think Jake's done well this season so far. Um, and possibly you can maybe blame that under bounce of a three G pitch. If you were being nice, harsh, I would say. But I'm not. I'm not. I. Don't
1: yeah, I mean, look. The bottom line is he didn't clear it. He's a defender. Whether he's playing on grass or or three G, the bottom line is is he didn't clear it, and they've scored from it. So. Unfortunately, if you miss a chance up top, it doesn't
0: impact you as badly as if you Absolutely. miss, if you miss something in defense. in, in defence. And that's just the nature of football. So 3-0 down, 59th minute. Drake got booked for a foul on Manadio again. Sounds like he was having a bit of a tough match.
1: Everybody was. Like to a man, there was no one really on point. Um, and at this point in the 60th minute... Bromley made it 4-0. Charlie Granger made another outstanding save from Dennis, but unfortunately the ball isn't cleared and Adam Mechie scored. You know, we're, we're making basic defensive errors here. Um, th- th- there's nothing complicated. Bromley are working harder than us. We're showing that we're not. We didn't turn up today for whatever reason. Um, and 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 it was just sort of getting a bit embarrassing, really. And the um, only bright
0: point, 66-minute consolation goal. McCauley, McCauley Bond, now first goal for Orient. So good to see... Uh, took that well Mooney chested it down into Bond's path he was in good finish there from Bond actually he took it forward with him and he smashed it in and really hopefully good. hopefully that's the start now of Bond going on a goal scoring run along yeah. with Mooney yeah. um, 4-1 grabs the ball out of the net doesn't mean much but gives a little the Yeah. good to see for Bond so well done McCauley for getting your first Orient goal do
1: you know what one of the worst things about all of this was I was sat next to their stadium announcer who's clearly a Bromley uh. fan so every time they scored there was no sort of oh yeah great well done he was proper going yeah get in as you would yeah I know but as an Orient fan you don't want to be sat next to someone doing that Um, so yeah in the 74th minute Bromley made it 5-1 another corner not cleared Jack Holland gets his second of the night
0: that's their captain and centre back yeah Um, and it just compounds the misery. Yep, 77th minute, Alex Lawless got booked, and in the 85th minute, David Gregory makes another good save from a Charlie Lee header. So it's not like we didn't create anything. We scored a goal, Gregory's made two or three decent saves, Yeah. so just work to do on a defence. Yeah, eighty fifth minute, eighty um, eighth
1: minute. Beg your pardon, Charlie Lee. Unnecessary. Well, yeah, I say it's an unnecessary back pass to Granger. He's he's facing our goal. Yeah, he obviously doesn't see their man there, and he kind of sort of puts a sort of a lofted pass to Charlie, but Not actually. No, no, and he shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. Um, to be honest, um, I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, he had his head in his hands after, but he was practically in the centre circle area. What well, I will say is, if you're
0: going to make a mistake like that, make it when you're five-one down and not a nil-nil in the eight-eighth minute. Fair enough. They're the yeah. only positive you could take from that. Their man say.
1: did well. Um, you know, Charlie went to ground, and when, when you're on the ground, the, key, the, the their man just sort of just took it, it well. Sit round. It was a good fair. goal
0: from him, um, and and that made it. 6-1. Yep, so five minutes of stoppage time played full-time whistle-goes go, whistle as we take a hammering at Bromley and, you know, not anything I ever envisaged saying on this podcast about taking a hammering at Bromley but there you go.
1: When Steve Davis came out he said, where on earth did that come from? Well, well he didn't say
0: that in those as polite words. Well, I bet, it, I bet he did. So, Tell us what Steve Davis said into, at Dulcet Dave.
1: He spoke to Dave at Dulcet Dave and he said, <laughs> Well, we started well, but we couldn't cope with their pace. I've learned a lot tonight. They were sharper and punished us. We have experience. We
0: will get the reaction and we will put it right. Yeah, he also explained that he felt desperately disappointed. And like you said, he said he didn't see that coming. Nobody won the individual battles. The pitch is not an excuse. We had too many individual errors.
1: It goes back to, for me, it goes back to just on that point, like what Russell Slade said, you can have um, one or two not on their day, but you can't carry a whole team. Yeah. And that's just what happened today. He also later on, expl- Steve Davis later on explained that he has an opportunity to bring in another player and they're looking for a big target man he said we let the supporters down and we want
0: to put it right so fair play there to Steve Davis so at the moment we're in a very lucky position whereas we are getting to get some of the post-match interviews which is always good so we went to the post-match interview against Maidstone uh, and managed to delete the interviews that we recorded obviously being a non-professional <laughs> Sorry about that. podcast but Paul did get to go to the uh, post-match last night and he caught uh, up with Joby so we're not going to play full interviews when we play um, interviews because A they're too long uh, yeah, this is six minutes long, but we're going to cut it
1: to just over a minute. Um, and this, Dave Victor's done his piece, Charlie's done his piece, so now this is the rest of the press uh, speaking to Joby Mackinoff.
0: Right, really. You just say it's a bit of a wake-up call for, for everyone I'm concerned this place, isn't it, really?
2: Well, we have to make it, make sure it is. And the only way we do that really is start Saturday uh, and get a positive result. That really try and, you know, put it behind us. Mm. And then hopefully later on in the season we can just look at it as, um, you know, a
0: little blip. And is there more pressure on Leighton Orient, being obviously a formal league team, obviously there's a scope for a lot of people now, and as you were saying, it was all about Leighton
2: Orient tonight. Yeah, 100%, but we've got to embrace that, you know, we, there's a lot of positives that come with playing for Leighton Orient, mm. whether it be the stadium, you know, the set-up, mm. you know, all the things the club are trying to do well for us and provide for us, mm. and we're going to get that, we're a big club in this league, that's a fact, you know, and we've got to deal with that extra you know, expectation and probably a bit of extra desire from, mm. from teams when we play against them. Mm. Um, and say so we've got to deal with that and, and make sure we come through
0: it. You said about the fans, I wouldn't say it's a honeymoon period, but obviously the fans are well behind the team. Like, I didn't hear a single bad voice tonight, so it's,
2: yeah, like, it's, it's a positive, isn't it? It is, but, you know, fans are fans and, you know, we've got to give them something to get behind and, you know, a few more performances like that, they won't be that behind us, I'm sure. So, as I say, we'll, we'll make sure we put that right on
0: Saturday. Thanks for... So that was Jovi speaking after the match. We'll be bringing you more post-match comments um, throughout the season. So thank you um, to Charlie for sorting us out at the O's and thank you to Bromley, uh, I would say, uh, for last night. So league table, again, we're not going to cover it in too much detail. as We've only played four games. Too early to read anything. Two home wins, two away defeats. We're only 11th in the table, which isn't bad. Um, Dropped seven places. Goal difference minus three. One point from a playoff place. If we win on Saturday, it'll be nine from 15, which you would think would put you in a playoff place. So... Not all doom and gloom just yet. So your views on last night, Mr Bearded Legend? Yeah, uh, wow, really. Uh, As Steve Davis said, no
1: one saw that coming and it's really easy to get carried away, criticised, be overly critical of the players, but I'm not going to do that. It's true, it's one of the worst results in our history Uh, and with the exception of Granger, I don't think any of the well, none of the players had a good game. We lacked urgency and composure at times and it really wasn't our day. None of our set pieces were good. We didn't win aerial battles. I mean, really, the list goes on and on and on. A good point that Matt Hiscock made um, was that we don't have a striker on the bench to change up with Bon or Mooney. And I think we're looking at this... um, but we should have Abrahams on the bench. I'd like to see that change. Um, I don't know what the arrangement is with Norwich.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I know we have him on loan for the rest of the season, but he has obligations to Norwich during that time as well. Hearing Joby speak after, as well as Steve, you can tell it does mean something to the players, and I'm sure they
0: will turn up on Saturday to right this wrong. Like it. Your, tw- your thoughts? <sighs> what can you say about it? Like Steve said, you said no-one saw it coming. bit shelf-shocked. Mm. Um, sounded like we started okay we were lucky not to equalise before Bromley got their second and ran riot. defensively sounded like it was a bit all over the place and when you concede six goals you can't really condone that sounds like if it was not for Granger it might have been a few more uh, I'm sure with Stephen Ross in charge i will be working with the defence at the training ground to put it right only positive to take uh, from this is that McCauley Bond gets his first orient goal um, so well done McCauley so after the match, tons and tons and tons of views came in. Keep sending us your views. We love them, uh, but we can only mention uh, a certain amount. So if we don't mention yours, please don't get offended and keep tweeting us. So the first few we'll mention is we've got an email uh, from the chauffeur who has neglected his duties for quite a while now, Cliff, who says, I can sit here and go on about the pathetic performance away to Bromley, uh, but i leave that to yourself and others to do. But what I will say is this defeat is to kick up the backside to the players and any remaining fans who think that this league is easy and we can just turn up to the likes of Bromley and win, when clearly we cannot. I just hope now reality kicks in and the realisation of how hard it's going to be to get out of this league finally hits home. And he finishes by saying, it's early in the season, so we need to put last night behind us and use it to motivate the team, ensuring we don't put in a performance like this ever again. Spot so, on. Spot on, Cliff. Absolute Thank you for your email. And yep. Hopefully we'll see you in the South Stand soon. Yep. Absolutely. So we also had
1: a, a, a whole raft of, of tweets and at Sharky War said, what an absolute disgrace and total embarrassment tonight. The realism kicks in and we've got a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, at Leighton James 2 says "The defence tonight was absolutely embarrassing. Kobe looks like a fridge and moves like one. I tell you what, if you, if you say that to Kobe's face, good luck to you. Yeah, at
1: Benny Furlong one should anyone lose 6-1 to Bromley... No excuses at all. We are
0: a professional club. Wage bills a lot more and train every day. Boy 1977 says, Welcome to non-league. There will be other days like this for the O's for sure. It's all about consolidation this season.
1: At Jack Coates 14, pitches not to blame for losing 6-1. They need to, a hard look at themselves and the defenders need to change. Wooderson has to get dropped.
0: Wooderson's coming for a bit of... Quite a um, bit. Criticism. I mean, I've only seen him at the two home games, so I can't speak for the away games. I think he's been right in the home games. He wasn't. He was no worse than anyone else yesterday for me. Right, Okay. So maybe being made a scapegoat quite early on. Maybe. Uh, Now, Orient Dave says, I really don't think there are any words to sum up just how bad this is. It is disgusting and inexcusable. Strong
1: language there from Orient Dave. At Wallace RM1 said, Woeful. Even though we're behind other teams in terms of where we are at, that statement looks a bit stupid against part-timers.
0: Yeah, at Dijon's 1998, says so awful, and that's saying something, considering what we had to put up with last year, bring the kids back.
1: My boss, my director at work supports Palace, and he told me today that Palace played, all right, with a mixture of under-21s, Bromley pre-season, drew 3 all. Well, There you go, Fat Fans. Are, are we
0: discrediting Bromley? Possibly. Slightly, just because they're not a big club and they're that, part-time they could go and win a league in theory it's only four games in you never know
1: yeah true. they won't but yeah true um, <laughs> did you just do D, D John's? yeah he's on, yeah cool yeah. okay Matty LOFC Evans said more reinforcements are needed need a plan B when things not going our way need a big man up top but most importantly we need time to gel
0: yeah and no the big man keeps getting mentioned but if the big man comes in whoever that may be who comes out I can't see Mooney or Bond coming out really. It won't or be if come out. It
1: a It'd be a substitution. Yeah.
0: Uh, at David Th six four three zero one eight eight nine. This is a total lack of a plan B. The team's hit space behind our <laughs> fallbacks time and time again, and we are desperate for someone up front to hold the ball up. Davis is really worrying me. Does not seem to know how to change a setup or spot problems and react to them. Well, maybe maybe he can't because he doesn't have the big man to do that.
1: Well, the problem is, if everyone's having an off day, how do you change that? One or two, you can sub. Yeah, yeah, up yeah. to three, you can sub them off. Yeah, but yeah, for, 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 for 10 people to be having an off day, I mean, that, that's just beyond anything. At Veggie Jones said, maybe this is the stark reality that this is now our level. A team blown hot and cold, prone to the odd thumping to part time teams. At Joe I'm Scott
0: Pavits says, tough luck building this defeat, see where we went wrong, and hope we do better on Saturday. Demanding refunds isn't the way to go. So I don't yeah, think, even I don't think anyone actually t- tweeted the actual club. Or maybe no, did, it was but just people, people were like, saying. We should be refunded. That's football, isn't it? You turn up, you pay your money. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. That's it. If 20 people had gone because it was Barrow or something on a Tuesday night, then
1: arguably, yeah, 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 but not to Bromley, which is within the M25. Um, The Dorset Viking tweeted us saying, reality check for the team. Embarrassing performance and result. Players should refund the thousand plus who attended. I mean, you're talking about fifteen
0: thousand quid. Yeah. yeah. The,
1: the player who's gonna—they're not. That's just not. that's just ridiculous.
0: Changes needed for Saturday. At Steve Cab one to one says I can take losing, but this is totally unacceptable. Hashtag embarrassing.
1: At Rich P two four two a poor solid hole team and lucky versus Maidstone uh, versus Maidstone. We can't keep using the excuse we're a couple of weeks behind. That
0: result is disgraceful. Mid table obscure. So we've got to look for the positives. Bond getting off the mark. Right, write this game off and move on to the next hashtag, our club. Great. You like that
1: one, yeah? Great tweet, yeah, really like that. At David 12, Lloyd said, I think there'll be some more Granger bashing, but realistically, the defence need to take a long, hard look at themselves stopping crosses is primary school stuff and should be an almost trivial thing to pro or semi pro players and it was what there was one particular incident where Ben Chawley had all the time in the world he could have gone like, back made a cup of tea come back and still not been closed down really Literally 10 yards outside our area, 15 yards outside the 18 yard box. Disappointing. Absolutely, and we weren't stopping the crosses. It's absolutely, that's probably one of the best points. I'm
0: surprised by that because we looked the right in defence on Saturday. Agree. Uh, at underscore Mikey Reynolds, it says poor defending Pharrell. And sounds like we need work defending set pieces. No excuses for the pitch. Lots for the team to review.
1: At Orient Fan TV, terrible performance from so-called
0: professionals.
1: The fans deserve better. We knew we'd be playing on pitches like this ages ago. Players tired. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I like, at Paul Nice 1 says and Bromley rub it in by playing rocking all over the world for those who left <laughs> oh, that was a killer that, I, I tweeted that
1: saying it's I not the one That's that so. you want to be listening to Um when you just lost 6-1 AC Swim said losing 6-1 under the old regime would have been sad still just happy to be alive
0: it's early days and the potential is there I like that one at Bayford underscore Joel says so shocking after this game we can't still be saying we're lucky to still have a club yes of course we are 6-1 to Bromley is unheard of. At Bendy Bollard, four simple words. Move on
1: to Saturday on this, on, the, on this bright side. If Kent and Nigel hadn't saved our club, we would have just lost 6-1
0: to Burnham Ramblers in the Essex League. Yeah, Richie J. Bourne says, maybe a new team, but this was just embarrassing. No excuses for gifting goals like that. Yeah, and Jimbo1404 said, not expecting a stroll,
1: but do expect the back four to put up some resistance, which apparently wasn't the case tonight.
0: Arika Apps, as we were poor, I think we do need to have a big lump up front for this league, and Wooderson gets beaten like he's waiting for a bus. <laughs> Alan Reeves, too, said, saw enough potential going
1: forward, but need to toughen up or this will happen again. Better team technically, but physically not up to That's it. That's a
0: great tweet, and we've got quite a few like that after the Sutton game. That's Orient underscore Ed. He must have missed some goals last night, Orient Ed. Let us know. Nothing wrong with losing to Bromley, but it was the way we lost. We gave them the goals, and I'm referring to Orient Ed because he's the guy who uh, sits in front of us and likes oh. a half-time pint and, not, and missed the Mooney goal. So uh, Ed, if you're listening, I hope you had
1: a good time last night. <laughs> Charlie Paul said, "I understand the pitch, two weeks behind, tiredness,
0: etc. But you still don't lose 6-1 to Bromley." Yeah, at Digger H seven seven three zero four six. Did not see that result coming. Davis learned a lot about the plays tonight. A positive reaction is essential at Woking. We cannot forget how far we've come in such a short time. Bound to be periods of disappointment whilst the club is rebuilt. And Woking is a pivotal game. If we beat Woking, it's 9 for 15 and everyone forgets about um, yeah. last night.
1: At Churchill, new league, new squad, new gaffer. So you're allowed one of those results. Wins papered over some holes, but you don't let that happen again. The wins made us look more ready than we are. It's August. You'll learn from tonight. We still only lost three points, regardless of the results, and for me that is a great you tweet. You like that one, yeah? Sam?
0: Yeah, brilliant at tweet, mate. At MP Allen two two two. We still have a hundred percent record on grass, and there's 41 <laughs> games still to be played on grass. Why is everyone so worried? We got this. Yeah, Taser
1: Junior said, "We know we lost six. I know we lost six one, but are we expecting to walk this league?" Then
0: players didn't know each other six weeks ago, and this is a rebuild job. Very sensible tweet. Yeah. That at Jim five eight six says, "Do you remember how good it felt the first time we beat Portsmouth when they came down?" Well, that's how every club feels playing us in this league. I agree with yeah, that. a that's million a great sweet, percent. Yeah.
1: At Bees Pod said we've been there. You'll look back on this in a few years as the rock as the rock bottom
0: where the comeback started. So thank Who's you to Bees Pod. That's a barnet podcast who follow us. Ah, right, so that's okay. Barnet. So thank you to the Bees Pod. And good luck to Barnet this season. At Tommy Man too. Says all right, remind me of the old song build me up buttercup just to let me down. Um but worst of all not to score when I want you to. Thanks for that Tommy (laughs) Like what you did there Only one team
1: said Tonight shows how difficult This league is going to be They look strong And fought for every ball We didn't match them
0: Yes Only one Orion Says Christmas for Bromley Lots of gifts Like that Steve
1: Nugent UK The club and team Needs time The squad had its heart ripped out And rebuilding will take time We will
0: rise again Janine Adelman Says yes defeat is embarrassing But shocked at fans Asking for refunds If they are new Or have been away a while They need to get real at Phil Mello's scale of last night's defeat was a
1: shock for all of us. But while the club is being rebuilt from nearly nothing, this can happen.
0: Kevin Cowlin is disappointing and unacceptable, but we need to remember how far we've come in seven weeks as a club. It was almost destroyed. The reaction of some... Is pathetic. And um, Kev, again, great seeing you on Saturday and I hope you're wearing your podcast badge as you listen to the podcast. Uh, final
1: word this for this week uh, on this goes to uh, at Dunmark who says, uh, embarrassing as it is, Orin is a family and if my kids slip up, I rally round them. Let's get
0: behind them on Saturday. Great tweet. So thanks again for all your tweets, all your emails, all your Facebook messages. We mentioned what we can uh, and a massive, massive re- reaction to last night's result. So time for our Prediction League update unsurprisingly nobody predicted a 6-1 loss so nobody gets any points so again we'll come to the prediction league table uh in just a few minutes which leads us on nicely to today so wednesday 16th of august so today marks 101st anniversary of the passing of george scott so again we will remember them and thanks to the club uh for these poignant reminders uh, and in the afternoon a late in Orient team played a behind closed doors friendly against Dagenham and Redbridge losing 2-0 uh, but we did have several chances but didn't score and lost the game so the team for that game for Sargent who played the full 90 Judd Sandals, White Clark who was subbed in the 60th minute for Pollock Scales who was subbed in the 60th minute for Hap Clay, who was captain uh, who came off for of McLean in the 60th minute Oshing who came off for of Haxiou Barker, who came off of Ben Youssef in the 60th minute, Alderson, who came off for Clay in in the 60th no. minute. No, they were replaced by. Yeah, replaced by Monker and Real Satoru. Yeah. Um So that is it. So earlier this evening, we spoke to uh, late night vice chairman and principal investor Kent Teague or TAU, who <laughs> has all, gone all the way back to. Uh, Dallas, and we asked him about his thoughts on the first four games of the season and about what's happened so far and here is what Kent had
1: to say and he is, it's an international line so at some point it does cut out so uh, apologies uh, in advance but yep, here's Kent
0: So delighted to have you back on the Orient Outlook podcast, Kent Um, So obviously we're four games into the season now So we've played Sutton away Solihull at home Maidstone at home And last night played Bromley away So your thoughts on our first four games of the season?
3: Uh, First four games of the season uh, We are a little bit more inconsistent Than I would have hoped for Uh, Obviously two home wins uh, and a clean sheet Which was excellent um, You know, the two aways uh, Not not as good as We would have wanted or expected um, You know, last night Disappointing And, you know, we need to move on So now we move On to the next set of games And, and uh, Hopefully we'll get better results going forward
0: So the first game Of the season was Sutton away I mean, what did that feel like in terms of your ownership under like the first competitive game? How proud were you going to Sutton? I was,
3: uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I, Martin Ling wasn't sure if he was going to be able to drive with me in the car with him because uh, I was so excited <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, I just, I just was having so much fun uh, seeing the fans uh, in the in the parking lot before the game uh, you know getting to meet the du- directors it was fantastic uh, and then in the 60th minute I just couldn't stand it I had to go out and be with the fans uh, in the uh, you know in, in the end and I you know I, I wanted to be there uh, just because I thought it would just be great to see fan experience and it was I took some pictures of you know, some crosses on some corners and things like that. It was just, it was just a lot of fun being a fan. Uh, it was interesting standing back there and, and uh, causing people to be quiet or, or stuff like that. I, I really wanted the fan experience, so I do encourage the fans that if I happen to come out into the crowd, I want them to just be who they are and, and just keep getting after it.
0: When you return, it'd be great to get you in the south stand. You can come and sit with us for a game. We'd love to have you in the south
3: stand. (laughs) Yeah, the the, home is a challenge um, because I don't want to miss any action. It's a little more difficult for me to get off the balcony and and, and into the stands appropriately so um, it's just it's a it's a logistical it's a little bit of a logist, logistical challenge
1: but it's one we're trying to figure out thinking about so I don't think we could um, have this conversation without mentioning last night's result there was obviously an awful lot of feedback and, and uh, on, on Twitter which I think you were copied in a few of the
3: tweets on, right? Uh, yeah, no, I, I got my fair share of feedback, absolutely.
1: And you mentioned to us, um, obviously, sort of coming on, you know, before you came on air about sort of responding and that. Did, was there anything you wanted to mention about that? Did you want to sort of mention to sort of Orient fans that are listening about sort of, you know, engagement and that sort of thing? No, I mean I, I put out a tweet today, uh, also a Facebook post. Um, you know, it
3: was a disappointing result. Uh, it was certainly not expected. It was very inconsistent compared to the way we had played uh, the last two matches at home. You know, there's really no excuses uh, when you when you play like that. There's just no excuses and. Believe going forward, we still have and we will have a very experienced and talented group of players and coaches. So I think we have the experience in the locker room uh, to overcome these sorts of uh, things that happen and and this style of adversity. Um, We knew we were going to face adversity uh, during the season, and so you know, here is in. And really, it comes down to, I think we'll play a lot better Saturday, um, and and we really are focused on Saturday. Let me say this about the fans, which is amazing, if you think about it. We have two straight sellouts. We sold out Sutton, and we sold out Bromley. Uh, um, complete, we, we, we sold as many tickets as they would allocate to us, and probably more. Uh, Of course, we don't know about that for sure. Our fans have responded in a phenomenal way to our club. Um, And for that, we are so appreciative. And I know that I and Steve, the coaches and the players, when I say that the support is fantastic. Last night, what happens for me when I face Adversity as a fan, like I did last night, the things we want to do is try to encourage our players and our coaches. Uh, I, I believe that when uh, our coaches and our and our players face the kind of adversity that they really caused for themselves last night. And it's our responsibility as fans to lift them up, to encourage them, and to be extremely encouraging. Um, and you know, there were chances that we missed last night that could have turned the game very differently. But we have to remember that that same thing could be said about the match that we played at home. They missed some chances that could have made the outcome be very differently too. So. My request is, is that when we face adversity uh, and, and, you know, my request is, is that the fans encourage our players and, and be very encouraging our coaches. Yeah, and that's a good sure. point. Yeah. So we mentioned kind
0: of the away game. So obviously not had the best starts away from home and you've kind of briefly touched upon it, but the home form has been great so far. So two wins from two, good attendances. How has it felt being at Brisbane Road and uh, watching the fans sing and and, and the matches themselves?
3: Well, it it was it's it's certainly exciting uh, when when we score and I get to go hug uh, Martin Ling and and he's running from me or is trying to move away from me and his seat and, and Nigel Travis I'm climbing over people to get to Nigel uh, to hug Nigel for our first goal together uh, you know as as directors and owners it's it is it is so thrilling to watch our side win uh, and it is so thrilling to watch our side overcome adversity uh to you know start to play better um and it's so heartbreaking uh to watch maybe the ball go off the post or uh you know Know, for a clear one-on-one situation with the goalie and for us not to bury it, um, it, it you know, every emotion that a normal fan feels, he'll probably feel it, you know, two or three times as intensely um, because I'm just that style. very emotional fan, Uh, part of the reason I stand up most of the time when I'm on the balcony um, it's just my style and uh, so it's every emotion you can think of from uh, you know I can't believe they scored to I can't believe they were offside to you know every emotion that every other fan went through, I went through those same emotions And How proud did you
0: feel having your family um At the game on uh, last
3: last Tuesday. Yeah, my family is very supportive of the madness that I'm in, and 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 I mean that in a good way. Um, You know, I I just I have such passion and such drive. Uh, I've always had a tremendous amount of 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 energy. And ambition, and you know, my family is sort of used to it now. My wife and I've been married 25 years, and so they are they they know from watching me be involved in other sports how excitable I am, and, and all of that. So, but having them, you know, the, I have to say this about our family, the Orient family. They were so welcoming of my, uh, um, you know, my, my wife and my three daughters and my future son-in-law. They were so welcoming. My family repeatedly mentioned to me on Wednesday before they left to come back home to the U.S. and on, on uh, messages and, and emails that we sent back and forth to each other while I was still in London about how, just how how they felt like they were such a uh, they were just so well Um uh, It it was really heartwarming the way our fans and, and our supporters treated them, um, and and they loved it. And just to finish, they, abs- my absolutely loves Brisbane Road. Absolutely loves it.
0: Amazing <laughs> as we all do. So just to finish up, it won't keep you so much longer. When you were last on the podcast, you said you didn't know any Orient songs. Now you've been to four matches. I've got to ask you, what's your favorite Orient song, and would you be willing to sing it live
3: now? Wow. Uh, well, uh, again, I, 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 well, I'm not going to sing anything live uh, because I need the, I need a, a very, I need, I, I need a very strong musical backdrop, even for karaoke, and I mean a very strong musical dra- backdrop. Um, you know, the Mooney song is fantastic. Um, I love the Mooney song, and I, and I love the reason why we sing it, uh, which means that Mooney has, has buried one. And, you know, come on, Orient is is probably my favorite chant, and I love it when we take possession of the ball and, we, and the come on, Orient starts to build and build and build as we move the ball down the field. It's just fantastic. And I think it's very encouraging
0: of our players when that happens. So uh, those are the two that stand out in my mind. And obviously, you're back in Dallas now. When you when you back when you back um, in the UK to watch some matches. Um, my next my next trip is already planned. Uh, it's September the eighth through the eighteenth. So there
3: are two uh, academy uh, matches three men's matches and two women's matches during that 10 day span the one after that is already scheduled too that's october the 20th through the 30th and again uh seven additional matches both home and away so seven matches in 10 days uh and you know i I can't wait it's just going to be
0: so much fun just to finish up you got a message for your fans so far You know, it's it's always the same, uh, you know. But now it changes a little bit because focused on football,
3: which I'm super glad that that's what the focus is now. Um, you know, the forums have uh, been relatively quiet, uh, I'm sure, until last night, and uh, you know, they've been relatively quiet. And it's been fantastic because now we shifted into a focus on football. That tells us that our efforts at stability are starting to work. Uh, and that's one of the ways that we judge it. Uh, so my two, uh, you know, my two messages are very, very simple. Come on, you O's and up the O's. So... In the recent
1: program, uh, I think it was on Saturday's program, Nigel um, went to sort of some length to uh, sort of comment on the minority shareholders, of which there are about I think ten percent um, within the Orient community, um, and obviously he was talking about obviously them not being forgotten and wanting to engage with them. Um, obviously hoping to do an AGM at some point in the near future. Was there anything that you wanted to add to that at all? No, not really, uh, other
3: than, you know, we're just, we're uh-huh. reaching out uh, to the minority shareholders in as many different forums as we possibly can. Um, you know, Nigel wrote about it in the program. Uh, we have taken those comments at a program. We've got them on the website. LateNorient.com. I've tweeted about it. I've put a Facebook post out about it. We just want the minority shareholders to know that uh, we are a very generic group. We do expect to have an AGM sometime very soon, and Nigel mentions all of of the different things that we're thinking about uh, to make them feel like they are a part of the club, and uh, a significant part of the club, which they are. So, uh, you know, just the message is... The ability, or they know someone who's not on social media or is not on the internet that is a minority shareholder that should be informed. Her request is that they would, you know, that they would forward that information on
1: those people and get them that information so that we can catch up with them in the appropriate manner. So that was Kent T. Their principal. Oh, he doesn't really need any uh, introduction because yeah. everybody knows him. So uh, that's 15 minutes with Kent. Very, very, very indebted to him for giving up his time uh, to speak to us. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of what he said will resonate with with people. It's, a, it's about getting behind the team. It's not always going to go well, but it's about how we respond and support the boys uh, out there on the pitch. And I think, uh, yeah, well, yeah let's it's do time, it. time, time to round up this episode. So let's-, let's
0: round this mudder up.
1: Prediction League update. As it stands, after four games, we have joint leaders in the Prediction Leaguers at Paul Stains 86 and at Jack underscore Gibbo 7 lead on six points with Richie J. Bourne and unexpected item O closely behind on five points. Very much all to play for at this extremely
0: early stage of the season. Yep. Fantasy Football League update. William Noyes leads the league on 98 points after week one. Johnny Crow in second place. I'm in 115th place <laughs> on 43 points. Wow. You're not even got any points, no. so I've got no points, so not doing it. People can still join. We've got about four players still waiting to join who have registered after the first game. Who you can see in the table waiting to start collecting points. Um, so we've got over 150 players. We will get a decent prize for this year and the prediction league as well. Um, so if you want to enter. Give us a DM, we'll go through our Twitter line, it's on there somewhere. Yep, so
1: positives and negatives uh, this week. So positives, first clean sheet of the season against Maidstone. Yeah. Great
0: to see, and always good for confidence.
1: Yeah, home form is good, two wins from two. Got to win your home game. Yeah, and Macaulay Bond has scored his first goal as, uh, as an Orient player, so
0: hopefully more will follow. Yeah, and negatives, we've got just a one, but it's a pretty big one, and that's obviously last night's performance um, all round and culminating. In a six-one defeat. Yeah, which meant our goal difference took a bit of a hammering. So we move on then to hero or heroes of the week. All one thousand and thirty-seven of them. It's all the fans who went to Bromley last night. So well welcome to everyone.
1: Who win. Not the end of the world, but not an easy place to get home from at that time of night uh, yeah. either. So, wrapping up now, then next week's fixture, because we're just over the hour and 10 mark now. So, next week's fixtures, we've got three to tell you about before the podcast returns. Yeah. Firstly, we're going to be away at Woking on Grass on this grass. Saturday. Yep, on grass. Uh, the 19th of August, uh, they beat Eastleigh at home 2-1 uh, on Tuesday night. This is followed then by a difficult home tie against Eastleigh on Saturday the 26th. And they've just lost 2-1 away uh, to Woking where Paul McCallum yeah. will certainly be after a goal. And then on bank holiday Monday, <laughs> the, the 28th of August, we're away at Maidenhead United again on grass. Uh, they thumped. AFC filed 4 1 away last night. So three games in nine days. I think six points would be great. Nine would obviously be uh, what we're aiming for yeah. there. Um, additionally, on Tuesday the 22nd of August, um, obviously it's, well, not obviously, to those that don't know, it's Steve's youngest. Uh, second birthday, so happily, happy birthday to Emily, Emily yeah. in advance, yeah. And then there's a small thing of, of Meet the Manager at the Supporters Club with Steve Davis. That's on August the 22nd.
0: Yep, so if you go into any of those, we'll see you there. And if you go in see us, uh, if you do see us, please do come and say hello. So wrapping it up now, thanks for joining us for episode 111. We try to get them all within the hour now But obviously, we're going to come in at an hour 15. But you've had 15 minutes of Kent Teague, which everybody loves. So um, no one can complain, really. So a mixed podcast this week, which started well enough with the win over Maidstone on Saturday. And a real feeling like our club was back following that performance in the pre-match atmosphere at Brisbane Road. Although this was quickly followed up by a demoralising heavy defeat away to Bromley that nobody saw coming. So a bit of pressure now on the team going into the next set of fixtures. But as always, we are late in Orient, so let's stick together, support the team, and get behind Steve and the boys and get up the table in the National League. And again, a massive thanks to Kent for coming on tonight's podcast. Kent, as always, is much appreciated.
1: Yep, and we'll be back with episode 112 on Monday the 28th of August. That's Bank Holiday Monday with all the information and views that you could ever need. If you're listening on iTunes please do subscribe, give our podcast a review. We'd really appreciate it. If you're listening on SoundCloud, TuneIn and Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. If you have an older relative or loved one who you think might like the podcast and listen to our dulcet tones for uh, over an hour... uh, Help them out, share your phone
0: with them, download it on their computer, whatever it takes. We'd be really, really grateful. So we're going to play out now with a suggestion by Tommy Mann. So Tommy, thanks for your suggestions. Uh, You would have heard the tweet earlier. And we look forward to hearing from everyone. And as always, keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.